Hi, uh, welcome to the show. How about you introduce yourself? Hi, this is David Suchel. I'm the owner of Bad Pilcrow and the developer behind Vanessa St. Pierre Delacroix and her Nightmare. Okay, and what's that game about? Vanessa is a, a 2D platform game that's mapped to a three-dimensional cube. And the players control Vanessa, who's a young girl with kind of a knack for solving puzzles. And one day she, she finds this um, magical box in her father's antique shop, which breaks and sucks her and her city inside. And she has to use all of her puzzle-solving skills and abilities to uh, rescue her classmates and uh, free everybody from this, uh, this puzzle cube. Okay. Yeah, I interviewed you, I think, uh, at GDC Online in uh, 2010. Um, at That's that, correct. At that time, you, um, I guess, the game won Best Game Design or something like That's that? That's correct. Okay. In the, uh, the third independent game developers competition, we took Best Design. And um, since then, we've been recognized in some additional contests. Um, we were a professional finalist at the, um, the 2011 Indie Game Challenge. And we were also selected for the PAX 10 showcase at the most recent Penny Arcade Expo. Yeah, what's been the, uh, I guess, the response to the game? Um, is, it, is it finally out as a downloadable? Where, where is it being distributed? Sure. It's, um, actually, the response has been really great. Um, you know, critically, the game has just been you know, praised across the board, which we're, we're really pleased with. Uh, and the game is currently available for PC, Windows Phone 7, and uh, just recently, as of uh, December 26th, we're now available for iOS as well. Okay. And um, yeah, do you feel that it's better on the PC or on the mobile? What What are some of the differences between the mobile and the PC version? Uh, they all have their, their little eccentricities and quirks, which is kind of cool. So if you were to play the game on each individual platform, you'd find slight differences. You know, So um, the PC version was developed first. And all of the mobile versions are kind of based on that. And what's really kind of neat is we've, we've gotten a chance to incorporate the touch interfaces yeah, with all the mobile I was just devices. That. Yeah, yeah, and the accelerometers and things like that as well. Which uh, it's cool. It gives each each version of the game kind of its different flavor. Um, have you been doing anything else in terms of marketing? Or are you focusing mainly on improving the game itself? Uh, well, um, for the last couple of months, we've been pretty much focused on on getting the game to market for for iOS and uh, you know iPhone and iPad. And now that it's out, we're focusing more on the marketing and the, the PR and trying to raise awareness for the game. And um, any, I guess, any techniques you're going to use or any thoughts or any um, perspective on that? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure. We're uh, just trying to raise as much word of mouth as we can because that's really among independent gamers, I think, what, what matters the most, you know, is, is – um, this sort of thing, you know, listening to podcasts, uh, you know, talking to your friends and, and hearing about what's cool, you know, what's what's new. And, um, you know, being a, a small studio, that's what we rely on the most is kind of the goodwill of others to to make sure that uh, people understand that our games are out there. So and they're good games, if I do say so myself. Yeah. And for the iPhone, is it is it a paid version or is it a free version or do you have a mix of both or how does, how does that work? Uh, we have a, a mix of both. So um, and in fact, there there are two versions of the game for iOS. There's the uh, the standard definition version for the iPhone and then we also have a um, higher resolution uh, HD version for the iPad and iPad 2. Okay. And you know aside from the touch and the accelerometer um, were there any other interesting design decisions that you guys made for the mobile version? Well one thing that was cool for the iOS version is uh, we were able to, to implement Apple's Game Center um, technology, which is really cool, and that allowed us to do um, achievements for the first time in the game. So, if, for people who have uh, played the game previously, maybe on PC or Windows Phone Seven, uh, the new iOS versions um, allow you to—I believe there's 15 achievements altogether in the game—that kind of um, add more replay value and uh, you know, kind of extend the life of the product a little bit more. So, we're we're pretty excited about those. They're fun. 
Yeah, are you um, also just releasing new levels or how is that working? Are you kind of turning it into a service or, yeah? What's... Uh, that's one of the things that we're looking at doing and, and I'd like to um, push updates in the future that have additional levels. And I've got um, a handful of them in my pocket already just kind of like sitting here that I've been playing around with which I think would be kind of fun for, for people to try out. So, um, yeah, you can kind of expect um, sometime later this year to get an update for iOS with, um, uh, you know, additional levels and that sort of thing. Yeah. Now, since the last time we did an interview, uh, you know, a lot of things have changed in the game industry space, uh, you know, mainly this whole explosion of tablets and smartphones. Uh, where do you see uh, indie game development going? Um, where do you see the opportunities, I guess, for smaller game studios? Well, what's really cool is, uh, especially in the mobile market, that the barrier to entry uh, for independent developers is is low. You know, I mean, it doesn't cost much to get onto these different platforms, uh, and you can you can raise awareness and things can go viral much more easily. I think on the mobile platforms than they can on PC. Um, so that's that's really exciting. I think the the future of any game development is is definitely going to be mobile centric. Yeah, and have you been? I know before you were mentioning about doing sketches and kind of um, prototype types of projects to experiment with gameplay. Have you been experimenting any with the mobile game design space? Or uh, have you definitely. been doing any other interesting sketches? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there's a, there's a game that I've been working on uh, recently called Not Without You, which started off as a, um, a Ludum Dare challenge. Are you familiar with Ludum Dare? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the kind of create a game in a weekend sort of uh, oh, yeah. opportunity. <laughs> And um, it was really fun. I, I participated in the first time, uh, participated in it for the first time this year, and um, really enjoyed it. And and the game concept that I came up with was just a, a classic sort of puzzle game. And decided to expand on that, add some story elements to it. And um, I'm really proud of the result. And uh, it, it's it's just about ready, I think, to begin showing people. And we're looking to port that to the the mobile sphere as well. So I'd like to see it on iOS, Android, Windows Phone Seven, uh, as many platforms as we can. Okay. And. Um, yeah, have you been mainly experimenting with puzzle designs or have you been focusing on any other or experimenting with other kind of uh, gameplay dimensions? Uh, puzzle games are definitely my niche. Like I, I love making kind of action-oriented puzzle games. Um, but in my spare time, yeah, I, I do uh, some contract work for other companies and you know, we're doing some simulation-style games and things like that. So uh, I, I try to just um, get as immersed as I can in the different genres just to become a, a better developer overall. But definitely puzzle is my sweet spot. And, you know, in terms of puzzle games, I guess, where do you see innovations happening there? Or do you feel that a lot of the genre is pretty much already set at this point? Uh, well, physics has been like a driving um, phenomenon yeah. here over the last couple of, of years. And especially like if you look at games like, um, you know, Angry Birds, for instance, right? It's very heavy. It's, it's a simple puzzle game at its premise. And then what makes it interesting is the variability that comes with the physics. Um, so that's been kind of a driving factor with a lot of games recently. And uh, where puzzle games go from here, I'm not really sure. Um, I would like to see them become more interactive. I think it'd be cool to, especially with mobile devices being online and wired, it'd be really neat to have kind of multiplayer anonymous puzzle solving experiences with other people. So maybe look for that in the future. Who knows? Yeah. Do you feel, I mean, have you seen any games where it is kind of cooperative or collaborative type of puzzle solving? Um, not even synchronous, but even asynchronous types. Uh, you know, I mean, if you go onto um, platforms like Pogo and stuff like that, you can yeah. find sometimes those, those kind of cooperative multiplayer experiences, but I, I don't feel like it's been fully explored yet. And that's maybe one of the things that we'll look at in the future. Okay. And, you know, you were mentioning um, adding more story to puzzle games. Do you feel that's going to be maybe the next driving force in the genre? It's what gamers expect right now, I think. Um, story in games is is a very, like, uh, 
difficult road to walk because if, if you go too far towards story, then you get interactive fiction and, and the player really doesn't have a role in that point aside from just directing the action along certain plot points. But uh, on the other hand, if you, if you do story correctly and, and use it to create an emotional relevance and um, to provide a context for what you're doing in the game, then I think it can be a really powerful tool and can take very simple um, gameplay mechanics and make them something that people actually care about. I mean, that's that's why Angry Birds has been so successful, in my opinion, is because it's a, it's a simple physics game at its core. Uh, but then you have this this, you know, almost very thin frame story around it that uh, people start to care about why they're launching birds to, you know, knock out these pigs. So, you know, it's, it's kind of funny, but, um, well, yeah, that's, story that's what I was going to say with, with mobile, I just haven't noticed that much storyline in a lot of the games. And I wasn't sure if does does mobile or even these tablet devices lend themselves to stories or do people just want a quick, uh, play experience or something where they're just interacting with the simulation? Yeah, so the the platform kind of restricts how much story you can really tell, you know. And um, with with the games that I I create through Bad Pilcrow, what I like to do is is set up that framework that explains, you know, who are the the central characters in this story, um, what is their central conflict, and then let the player kind of create the story as they go uh, by experiencing the game. And there, if you play Vanessa, uh, you'll notice that there are only a handful of, of real narrative elements within the game. There are some classmates that you have to rescue and the backgrounds change throughout the levels that kind of tell the story of, of Vanessa progressing through this world. Um, so it, it very small little story elements, but it's just enough that I think it keeps the player engaged uh, and makes them care about uh, why they're, pol- they're, they're solving the puzzles. Okay, and with, with Angry Birds, they have a story element on YouTube that you know has been viewed like millions of times. Do you feel, is that something you're going to be adding to your games? Some kind of like story intro that's found on YouTube or some other video media? Oh yeah, all of our, our trailers that we put out for Vanessa um, have included all the different story elements. So we've got um, really strong cutscenes uh, at the beginning and the end of the game that kind of explain you know the, the setup and, and the conclusion. Um, and yeah, we've, we've put some of that material online in YouTube uh, for people to check out. And I think that's a, that's a really great way to kind of draw people in and, and uh, especially for indie gamers, give them a sense of the attitude of the personality behind the game. Okay. And for the audience out there, where can they find out more information about the game, potentially download it on their iPhone device? Uh, will it be on Android anytime soon? Or? Uh, actually, yes, we have a, uh, an Android version that is, um, is in the works and is nearly finished. So I would expect that um, very soon, probably in, in a matter of weeks. Uh, and um, uh, if you want to get more information about the game, you can visit my website, which is badpilcrow.com. That's B A D. P-I-L-C-R-O-W dot com. Cool. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep. Take care. Bye.